Folks, you know I love science. And today, I stumbled upon something simply amazing. A team of scientists led by Professor Saw YHLA from Ohio University has achieved something that could have massive implications for the future of materials science, environmental studies, and even medicine by capturing the world's first X-ray signal from a single atom. That's right. They went full-on atomic. For over a century, X-rays have been a vital tool for scientists, physicians, and even security personnel in airports. However, up until now, the smallest amount of material that could be X-rayed was limited to about 10,000 atoms or more. Enter Professor HLA and his team, who have turned that limitation on its head by X-raying just one atom at a time. With this capability, we can now trace materials down to their most fundamental level, opening up the potential for groundbreaking discoveries in a multitude of fields. HLA believes that this could even help find a cure for diseases that have eluded us up until now. To demonstrate their achievement, the team chose an iron atom and a terbium atom, placing them in respective molecular hosts. They utilized a technique called synchrotron X-ray scanning tunneling microscopy, or SXSTM, which allows them to detect the specific elemental type and chemical state of the atom in question. The implications of this milestone are truly staggering, with the potential to revolutionize research in areas like quantum information and trace element detection in environmental and medical contexts. What's more, this breakthrough could give researchers critical insights into technologies that rely on rare earth materials, like cell phones, computers, and televisions. Knowing not only the type of element, but also its chemical state, allows scientists to better manipulate atoms inside various materials to meet the demands of different applications. These trailblazers, including a number of Ohio University students, have not only managed to bridge the gap between synchrotron X-rays and quantum tunneling, but have opened the door to exciting new research possibilities. We can only imagine where their work will take us next, and what fascinating discoveries are still to come in the world of science. I know I'm excited to find out, and I hope you are too. Now that we've basked in the dazzling glow of future possibilities, let's transition to our listener questions and spend some time addressing your real-life dilemmas. Remember to submit your questions at brainwavespod.com and keep participating in this amazing community we've built together. What's on your mind today, my friends? Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, I'm an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised. And straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey, brainwaves. This is Melissa from Austin, Texas. So, a bit of a roller coaster for me recently. I found out that I have a biological sister. Now, get this we're both in our 30s. My parents never mentioned her. And we only connected over one of those DNA test sites. Like, why have they kept her a secret all these years? Anyway, after the initial shock, we've met up virtually a couple of times, but we are still, like, complete strangers. I mean, I feel like we should have this incredible bond, but it's just not happening. So here's my question. How do I navigate this unexpected family dynamic 
and work on building a connection with my sister. I want to make sure I'm not forcing it or setting unrealistic expectations. Any advice is much appreciated. Thanks. Hey, Melissa. First off, congratulations on finding your sister. That's some primetime TV drama plot twist material right there. But I get it. This revelation can be, well, a roller coaster, as you said. Let me give you some straight talk to help navigate these uncharted family waters. First and foremost, remember that you both are adults who have lived three decades without knowing each other's existence. While it's natural to feel like you should have this instant connection, it's also important to accept that you two are essentially strangers who happen to share some DNA. Don't beat yourself up or let Hollywood family reunion fantasies cloud your judgment. So how do you forge a bond, you ask? Just like any meaningful relationship, it'll take time, patience, and understanding. Kicking things off virtually is a great start, but here are some tips to help the process along. 1. Communicate openly and be genuine. Share your thoughts about your newfound relationship and listen to hers, too. It will help you both unload any emotional baggage that may be weighing you down and create a foundation based on honesty. 2. Get to know each other. Trade stories, childhood memories, and ask questions about her life up until meeting you. You're basically inching towards becoming an emotional archaeologist, uncovering what makes her tick. And who knows, you might discover some shared interests or common ground that might have been buried deep under that mysterious 30-year gap. 3. Be patient and manage your expectations. This is crucial, Melissa. Remember, no relationship can be built in a day. Give it time and accept that this connection might not turn out to be as close as you initially thought. And you know what? That's okay. Any connection you do build, whether it's a friendship or something deeper, will be unique and just as valuable as the ones you have with other loved ones. 4. Plan to meet in person when it feels right. Sometimes, face-to-face -face interactions can help speed up the bonding process. Just make sure that both of you are comfortable and on the same page when you do decide it's time to take that step. As for your parents and their secret keeping, that's another roller coaster ride altogether. But hey, why not tackle one at a time? Have an open and honest conversation with them too when you're ready, just like you are with your sister. As for now, focus on getting to know your sister and building that relationship without any unrealistic expectations. In the end, Melissa, I want you to remember that every relationship is different, even those that share a bloodline. Be open, genuine, and patient with yourself and your sister, and let whatever bond that forms between you two come along at its own pace. Sometimes life throws us curveballs, but with the right mindset, they can turn into beautiful opportunities. Wishing you all the luck in this journey. Hey there, brainwaves. This is Jennifer from Atlanta. First off, love your podcast. Now, on to my question. I'm a mother of a wonderful 17-year-old son. Lately, I've been hearing some rumors from his friends and found some online chats about his possible attraction to boys. I come from a very conservative background and have always believed that being gay is not the life I want for my child. I've been looking into conversion therapy programs to help my son, but he refuses to entertain the idea. I don't think I can handle him living under my roof knowing that he's possible an unrepentant homosexual. How can I make him see the light and bring him back to Jesus? Hey there, listener. Thanks for joining us and sharing your concerns. We always appreciate the love from our Straight Talk community. We understand this situation brings up some deep feelings for you and that you're grappling with some long-held beliefs. 
that's a tough place to be, so let's see if we can offer some perspective. First, I'd like to point out that the mere idea of forcing your son into conversion therapy is not only outdated, but also incredibly harmful. You might not be aware, but numerous medical and mental health organizations, including the American Psychological Association, have widely discredited conversion therapy as an unethical and harmful practice. It has been linked to increased rates of depression, anxiety, and even suicidal ideations in those subjected to it. That's definitely not something you'd want your child to go through, right? It's important for us to remember that people do not choose their sexual orientation, just like they don't choose their eye color or skin tone. It's not about a wrong path or deviant behavior, but rather part of the natural range of human diversity. Preaching and pressuring your son at this pivotal moment in his life may not only damage your relationship with him, but also potentially cause long-lasting emotional and psychological harm. Take a step back and try to see things from your son's perspective. He's entering adulthood and exploring his identity, which can be challenging even without the added stress of dealing with such a complex issue. Compassion, understanding, and support can do wonders to foster better communication and connection between you and your son. I understand that your religious beliefs play a significant role for you, but it's essential to find a balance that honors both your faith and your son's well-being. Christianity preaches love, acceptance, and kindness, doesn't it? So, embracing your son and providing unconditional love might just be the most Christian thing to do in this situation. There are religious groups that actively support the LGBTQ plus community, and you might benefit from attending their support groups or connecting with them online to broaden your perspective. Forcing your child to conform to your expectations without considering their feelings or well-being puts both your son and your relationship at risk. Listen to him. Talk openly and accept that you can't change his sexual orientation, just like he can't change yours. Finally, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of educating yourself on the LGBTQ community, their experiences, and the resources available to parents and loved ones. Knowledge and empathy go hand-in-hand in, hand in helping you adapt to the reality that your son may be gay. Love your son for who he is, and celebrate the unique person he's growing to be. It's a privilege to have front row seats to witness and support his journey, so make the most of it. Hey, Brainwaves, my name is Sarah, and I'm from Portland. So, yeah, here's my question. I've been involved with this religious organization for about a year now, and it's done wonders for my personal growth and spirituality, which is fantastic, but there's a catch. The organization has some pretty strict rules when it comes to socializing outside of the group. As a result... I found it really challenging to maintain my relationships with my non-member friends and even some family members. It kind of sucks, honestly, because these are people I genuinely love and care about, but there's this massive barrier that's formed between us. So do you have any insights or advice on how I can maintain and even strengthen those connections without compromising my commitment to this organization? I'm really counting on you here. Thanks. Hey there, Sarah. Thanks for writing in. I'm glad you found some personal growth through this organization, but I gotta say, the one sticking point you mentioned is definitely raising some flags for me. Before we dive into the friends and fam situation, let's first hit that pause button and examine your situation a bit. Now, 
I'm not saying your organization is inherently bad or that they're on some cult-level stuff. That's pure speculation and assumption. And here at Straight Talk with Brainwaves, we're all about evidence-based analysis, baby. That being said, you should feel free to openly question and discuss any aspect of something that has such a huge impact on your life. The strong and confident human being that you are, don't let any organization, no matter how well-intentioned it may be, dictate your social life or keep you from participating in activities that nurture your soul. So, let's get you some advice for balancing those relationships without cutting ties with the organization completely. First up, open up a line of communication with your non-member buddies and fam. You might find that they're actually more understanding and supportive than you'd expect. Fill them in on the benefits you've experienced through your involvement with this organization, but also be transparent about the challenges you're facing. No smoke and mirrors, Sarah, just some good old heart-to-heart convo. Next, try to figure out a schedule that works for everyone, where you can carve out time for the group while still staying connected with those who matter. Maybe it's setting aside dedicated evenings for a monthly game night or brunch with the fam. Prioritize those who've been there for you through thick and thin and make sure they know how much their support means to you. Now, I'd also like you to take a step back and assess whether your commitment to the organization is negatively impacting other aspects of your life, your career, self-care, mental health, physical health, etc. Finding the right balance is key, as blurring the lines between the organization and your personal life can lead to a slippery slope of losing touch with your true self. Lastly, and I really hope you take this to heart, Sarah, pay close attention to any manipulation or coercion within the organization. If the group denies you the right to openly question or criticizes the way you maintain relationships outside of their circle, you might want to reassess your involvement and perhaps seek advice from a trusted outsider or professional. In short, Make room for everyone in your life who matters, and don't be afraid to set boundaries that respect both your personal growth and the relationships you've built thus far. When it comes to your spirituality, it should be about enhancement, not limitation of your life experience. Stay true to you, Sarah, and keep rocking it out in Portland. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 